0: welcome 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 it's the fish and chip podcast and we are back for a new week chip daily damn fish we are here how are we doing over there chip
1: doing fine doing fine
0: oh good for you how
1: are you doing
0: uh indifferent indifferent i was i was uh I I guess I was attempted to be eaten alive by many mosquitoes this weekend.
1: You went back to the wilderness, eh?
0: Uh, Just a small little getaway. Small wilderness. Um, Small wilderness. (laughs) But the mosquitoes were bad. Hopefully I didn't contract the virus.
1: Well, maybe you get something new.
0: I have so many bug bites that it looks like I have hives. Great.
1: I'm glad I'm not seeing you.
0: I was was feeding the wildlife. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they loved it yes tasty
1: you gave them many nutrients to thrive
0: i'm sure (laughs) 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 all right we're the fish and chip podcast on twitter at fish and chip pod as well as spotify anchor and most places you get your podcast all right let's dive into this today another disappointing weekend for my efforts of cheering for golf I'm, I can be happy for Colin Morikawa winning his second British Open or second major, which was the British Open this weekend. The last major of the year. However, there were a couple of people that I just had a root for down the stretch and ultimately uh, just maybe choked it away between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Jordan Spieth uh, finished second. I believe he was two shots off the lead. 1,500 was the number that Morikawa shot for the weekend or for the week. And uh, Jordan Spieth shot 13 under. I believe they were both four under in their final round. However, on Saturday's closing nine, Jordan Spieth had two really good shots or two really good looks on 17 and 18 middle of the fairway. Looking good. Could maybe get birdies, bogey both holes to fall from 11 under back to nine, which put him at the time, three shots out of the lead. So ultimately looking at that probably is the moment that hurt him the most because he ended up losing by just two shots. Also had a really good look on 17 to maybe get it to 14 under on Sunday. Uh, That could have been a really big putt, especially if he was already at 15 under. So never know.
1: Uh, I guess not,
0: but he's back though. He's back. It's good to see him playing well again. He had a couple of years there, which were really rough. So. It's good to see him playing good golf, especially in the majors. Louis Oostezen, though, made an appearance here again. I think this is the third, if not the fourth, uh, major of the year that he will finish in the top 10 for sure, if not top five, and be in contention on Sunday. Uh, However, with the trends, he was the 54-hole leader in the British Open as well as last month's U.S. Open and ended up losing, shooting a – he was one over on Sunday – At the British Open. So, disappointing round for him, I'm sure. Like I said, the uh, counterparts that he was up against both shot four under, Spieth and Morikawa. So, one over, falling back to 11 under. He got third. Another good showing, but he has not won a major since the 2010 British Open. And that is his only major. But he just seems to always be in contention, especially this year. So, it would be nice for him to solidify himself and be a multi-major winner to, uh, solidify his, uh, golf career, I guess. He, uh, when he won that first major, it kind of seemed like a fluke to a lot of the golf world because he was kind of, you know, back in the pack in the world rankings. He was down outside of the top 50. He had just kind of climbed up in there. Nobody had really heard of him before. And then he just ran away with the British open and never really played great at the other majors. But since then, he's been a competitor for the last decade. He just hasn't been able to win another one. He's had many good good finishes at the Masters. Uh, like I just mentioned, he had a good finish at the U.S. Open this year as well. So, unfortunately for him, I just would like to see him win another major. And then, world number one John Rahm actually shoots, uh, I believe, four under on Sunday as well to climb up into a tie for third. He wasn't really viewed as a competitor going into the round because he was only just seven under five shots off the lead going into Sunday, but he had a great round on Sunday. I believe he had a string of four straight birdies to finish the front nine. That helped a lot. And uh, that propelled him to a tied for third position as the world number one. So congrats all around. Good showings. Uh, And congrats again, Colin Morikawa, this year's British Open winner. Now he's
1: going to the Olympics.
0: Champion golfer of the year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, what's the next major?
0: They're done this year. That's they last are. Four. It's yeah. done.
1: Okay.
0: It used to be the British or the British would be the third and the PGA would wrap up uh, the majors like in middle of August, but they didn't want to have the PGA championship at a time of year where it seemed like the schedule for the PGA was over because then it seemed like everybody would gear up for the PGA championship. And then you have this big letdown as the playoffs would be approaching for the FedEx cup. So they moved it up and now it is in late May. Normally the, uh, masters are in early April. Then you get a PGA now in may U S open in June and British open in July. So it's more evenly spaced out that way. There used to be a big gap between the masters and us open. So, uh, it's a good way for the PGA. Now, after the British opens done this is where everything will start gearing up, propelling them to the FedEx cup playoffs and point positioning going into it. So makes these tournaments after the final major, a little bit more important for uh, FedEx cup finishes, especially since the winner of the FedEx cup walks with $10 million. So
1: that's a lot of dollars.
0: So this is making, it makes the later season golf in, you know, September, early October, a lot more valuable and meaningful uh-huh. and fun to watch. So, I do like that they moved it around. Nice. All right, what's next, Chip?
1: Speaking of majors, Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, the Toronto Blue Jays, who have been playing in Buffalo all spring and summer, are finally eligible to return to their homeland of Toronto, Canada, because Canada said, you know what? You can come back starting July 30th. They're going back across the border. To play. You're going north. I'm going north, not very far north, just a little north. Around the, uh, the heck! <laughs> wow, <laughs> trying to massive blank. What's that waterfall? Niagara Falls.
0: <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> going across that. on a little bend. I don't know. Just trying to expand on this Toronto thing to kill some time.
0: Yeah, just keep going. <laughs>
1: Other baseball, Shohei Shohei Otani, participated in the Home Run Derby last week, and all participants got at least $150,000 just for participating. And he, well, you you can elaborate on this, but he donated all $150,000 to Angels employees, like clubhouse attendants. There was Um,
0: about 30 of them, I believe. 30, uh...
1: yes. I doubt it was any interns. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) interns just oh, i can say this because i've experienced it they got paid trash in the mlb i doubt show gave them anything maybe he did but 30 employees of the angels got a shot. yeah i think money. it was
0: like nutritionalists uh, you know uh, trainers stuff like that like he just wanted to say an appreciation for the people that helped him out you know becoming this great star in the mlb so yes cool thing to do i know like in the nfl uh, things I know like Deshaun Watson gave it to a bunch of people in the Houston Texans organization, like even like chefs at the cafeteria and stuff like that. But uh, the thing with Shoei Itani was he actually made this decision before he even was going to do the home run derby because obviously the home run derby is just you know, it's just extra money to him, you know, like yeah. his contract's already going to be paid for the year, so he's expecting to make X amount of dollars, but now this would just you know, give him another hundred and fifty or more. The thing is, he decided this before. Uh, like I said, before the Derby, and the ultimate champion of the Home Run Derby takes home one million dollars, with the runner-up taking home five hundred thousand dollars. So he was fully prepared to donate a million dollars or gift a million dollars to these thirty people in staff.
1: I'm pretty sure his contract is only about th- only three million a year.
0: But he's going to get a super big one here. Yes,
1: yes he will. Super big.
0: Plus, he was playing in Japan before that. So, I'm sure he was making some money over there beforehand, too. Yeah. That's
1: true. Uh, One last organized team sports news. (laughs) Why do I keep wanting to say NFL? NHL expansion draft is on Wednesday evening. I don't know why they call it a draft because there's one team picking from other teams. It's more of a steal. The Seattle Kraken are stealing players from other teams. Teams, I think, as of Sunday, had to put in their protected players. There's a list. I think they could protect up to eight. Okay. So each team is kind of protecting eight players and then uh the kraken get uh just you know take who's not protected
0: do you think there's ever like i know this isn't the first time they've expanded obviously they added carolina they added las vegas do you ever think there's instances where like two guys are like really best friends on us on a staff and they're one gets protected and the other one doesn't or even they both don't get protected and one gets taken away it's like dang it, the only reason I signed that contract last year is because I wanted to yeah. play with my
1: friend. I know, yeah. That would be very disappointing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be like, trade me now. I want to yeah. trade. <laughs> Going yeah, to Seattle.
1: I don't know how that would work, because I'm sure sure it has happened, or it will happen. So, I don't know. Because you'd think they'd definitely get some players. That are like, no, I do not want to play for this new team.
0: Yeah. But Las Vegas did this recently, and I oh, think yes, the year that they were created, they went to the Stanley Cup. They final, were they? really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, people. I don't think that the NHL has the player empowerment like the NBA or NFL do. So I don't think any players getting upset is going to cause them to be able to force their way out of a situation. Yeah. So...
1: That's true. But uh, yeah, if you're into that, it's on Wednesday night. I think it will be televised in some aspect on one of the networks. So there's that.
0: All right. I'll pay attention. (laughs) All right. Should we get to the athlete of the day? Play the sound chip? Yes. It's time for Dan's favorite athlete on earth today. All right, you sent me a video earlier today, Such and nice that's gonna be. Vid. I want to make sure I get this right. It's his name is Ghee Curry, yes, and he is part, or he participated in X Games this last weekend. Yeah, skateboarding,
1: uh-huh.
0: and he did something kind of impressive. So take it away chip.
1: Something that no one has ever done: invert, which is AKA the half pipe. So, you know, they're more up and down than, I don't know. I'm sure someone's done it on like a big ramp and whatever. Anyway, he did a 1080 which is three spins, three rotations on the half pipe while Tony Hawk was there also competing. I think this was one of those timed events. It's just like 10 minutes and everyone kind of takes their turns and go, And but they all get at least three tries.
0: And they got to just do their biggest tricks.
1: Uh huh. And then and once they do scored it, they get on. off. And Tony Hawk just sitting at the top of the half pipe watching him go. And Tony Hawk was the first. I'm pretty th- sure
0: Tony Hawk would have been looking straight up at him as he was doing this. Yeah. Based on where he was standing. Yes, that's true.
1: <laughs> but Tony Hawk back in the day, like 20-something years ago, was the first to do a 900, which is, is that three? No, two spins? two and a half, two,
0: three sixty, seven a half?
1: Two? 360, 720, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. So he did. He was the first to do two and a half, and this kid Ghee did three full spins.
0: An extra half spin. Uh huh. 180 years old. degrees. Do you think that the young kids are actually like easier to do this stuff because they don't <laughs> weigh so much and they can get their momentum going? I'm thinking that too. Zip a little higher did, and spin know. a
1: little faster.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Less mo, like less air resistance. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. He's only four foot eight.
0: Yeah, I just I just wanted to bring that up. Do you think that's an advantage or not? I don't know. I feel like I mean they're not gonna be as strong. Yeah, but skateboarding is not about being strong. It's, it's about, about being balance and coordination.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like a younger kid would have an advantage.
0: But less years of experience, so yeah. who knows? Who knows? And who- also if they like hit a growth spurt, then they're all sudden out of balance, you know. And- uh huh. This kid must have just peaked at the right time. Yep, just
1: age twelve, all downhill from now.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it was all. He's very talented, obviously, (laughs) and I'm sure he's gonna be doing this for a long time. So, congrats to him. Yes. All right, let's wrap up segment one. We'll come back segment two. Uh, I got news about the NBA finals, and I'll give you a hint: it's not good. (laughs) And we got to get a couple other things to get to fish and chip podcast next. Welcome back to the Fish and Chip Podcast. We got a shout out today. Who's it be? I'm going to shout it out a place, actually. A place? It is Mars. Did you hear this, Chip? Mm, I don't they know. They found, get this, they found a squid. Squid? On Mar- the Mars rover found a squid on Mars, no proving that there is life on Mars.
1: My theories. My theories <laughs> are real uh, squid on Mars. Let's see what shows up. Oh yeah, New York Times, Washington Post,
0: very reliable. Uh, NASA. We were onto NASA. this a long time ago. We were onto this a long time ago. Uh, I India mean, Today.in, India's news source even says it. Wow. Mars. You're full, deep diving the web right now. They're full of squids. No, they just found one. Oh, but you would well. have to imagine that that. Uh, space shell, if they sent up with a bunch of squid, there's a bunch more there, probably.
1: Oh, yeah. Why would they unless unless
0: they... No, wait. What if they put one on each planet? Oh, my oh,
1: gosh. No. They're taking over the solar oh, system. Oh, no.
0: Oh, gosh. What are we on to? Okay, Maybe well, anyway... squids,
1: you know, they can glide through water. Maybe they can glide through space.
0: They probably can in zero gravity.
1: Uh, they're the only self-propelled... <laughs> space. space mover. Yeah. <laughs> This was all facts that we just said,
0: by the way, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of predicting the future and things like that, I predicted the future in the MLB, but before we get to the MLB, uh, we're going to talk NBA just for a quick second here. The Bucks have won game five and are up three, two after the Suns had a two nothing lead in the series. Dan is disappointed. Sorry, Dan. Back to you, Chip. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You don't oh. know what to say at this point. I'm gonna. I'm so upset. Like, I haven't said this on the podcast, but I just, I just always like to say that. Like, Giannis is a great athlete, but he's not a basketball player. He cannot shoot the basketball.
1: He's good at free Better,
0: throws. better than most high school players. Like, seriously, high school players can shoot it better. Most high school players can shoot it better. And yet, he gets a dunk late in the game which was impressive and has the mean mug. And I'm like, you don't deserve to mean mug. If you're not, if you can't shoot the basketball, just because you're tall and athletic does not make you a good basketball player. So I don't know. It's just beef. I have with him. Like I appreciate his greatness as an athlete. I don't appreciate his greatness as a basketball player. And I thought winning back-to-back MVPs and winning uh, MVP and defense player of the year in one year, just kind of overrated him in my perspective as a player in the NBA and now if he adds a ring to it it's just going to make me more upset <laughs> <laughs> especially when we got guys like Chris Paul trying to get their first ring still after the tremendous career he's put together and mm-hmm. how talented of a basketball player he is if he comes up short to a guy that has in my opinion very little little very little Lit. basketball very little basketball talent, in my opinion, outside of being able to run and jump and do things that athletes can do. You know,
1: mm-hmm. things that athletes um, can
0: do. Shots fired here on the Fish Two podcast. Sorry, Giannis. you better lose the next few games.
1: <laughs> I I'm gonna hold you accountable. You texted me and said if the Bucks win, you're never watching NBA again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna watch one more game ever. I'm done. I'm out.
1: I will. Uh, I want to hold you to that. So I'm rooting for the Bucks so <laughs> <laughs> i do not think you could do that i i think i can okay
0: i think i can i'll just go straight college basketball from here on out
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's
0: everybody almost. will miss my insights but i will do it for the sake of the bet
1: all right like i said i believe you want to see it
0: okay we'll do <sighs> watch the Suns win the last two games here then you will not worry about it it's a conspiracy another one Dan Fish says this. Nobody thinks he can hold himself to it. So the Suns come back and he doesn't have to do it. Yes. All right, let's get to the MLB. And here's what we're going to do today. Chip's going to give you a breakdown on the standings. Let's hear it, Chip. So it's about the
1: halfway point of the season. The All-Star Game is, quote, unquote, the official, unofficial, whatever you want to call it, midway point of the season. So, you know, just you know, go a little uh, through the standings. Do you want me to throw my old predictions back in there or should I just ignore those?
0: If you want to ignore them because they're not good, then I, I give you full full blessing.
1: I know they're not, they're not.
0: Well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're good or not. I'm just saying if you're embarrassed and you don't want to rehash them, I, I completely get it. <laughs> I just want my I just want my GD appreciation day, so make sure that we talk about that.
1: Okay. I think the only team so far I predicted to be in first place that's right is Houston.
0: Well yes and no. I mean you were gonna say the White Sox, but yeah. you just decided <laughs> yeah. you decided last minute that you couldn't <laughs> pick them against the Twins because you didn't want the Twins facing the Yankees in the playoffs. So yes. In reality, you would have picked the White Sox. But you you talked yourself into the Twins.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. That's accurate. And the Twins are uh, one of the bottom three teams in the American League. Four teams. Woo! So there's that. Boop, boop. Boston Red Sox are leading the American League East. Tampa Bay is one game behind them. Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo are six and a half behind first place. And the Yankees eight games behind all of them have wooden records though so it might come down to the wire there
0: that's the best division in baseball yeah I think so NL maybe, West would probably be yeah, next I was gonna say,
1: maybe the NL West oh, I stick to the American League I think the Central is uh, what's going
0: on here What? Wait. what's going on here what am just going to just skip over that standings that we just did and not mention my greatness oh
1: okay how about it <laughs>
0: I want you to give me my GD appreciation. Dance. Oh, that's what you meant.
1: Okay. Yes. At some point in one of our episodes, I think the one where I had my predictions, Dan said it's about time again for the Red Sox to win a World Series because they seem to do it randomly after a bad year.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd go from worst to first.
1: Uh huh. And right now they are tied for first overall in the American League.
0: Boom! Called it.
1: They have uh, insert.
0: Yeah. Insert uh, sound clip of Dan saying, Ooh, Danny, 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 Danny,
1: Danny. Oh, Danny,
0: in a weird ghostly accent. Oh, Danny.
1: Yes. All right, American League Central, uh, I think it's going to be a one team race now. Chicago White-, Chicago White Sox are in first by eight games. Uh, Cleveland is behind with 47 wins, just above the 500 mark. I don't think anyone else in that division is going to do anything. And then we go to the American League West, where it's a little close. Houston, also with 56 wins, same as Chicago, same as Boston, is leading. Oakland is three and a half games behind, followed by Seattle, followed by the Angels, who are right at 500. <laughs> I think they've been there all season. They have two of the best players in baseball, and they just hover around 500. Although Mike Trout has not <laughs> played in last month. And then the old Texas Rangers down the bottom. National League East. The Mets are leading the East. Followed by the Phillies, two games behind. The Braves, four games behind. Who are uh, two games below 500. Then the Nationals, six games behind. Dan's poor little fish, nine and a half games back. But are the worst the, team.
0: Last, last in the division, first in my heart.
1: <laughs> yes. And then another team with 56 wins the Milwaukee Brewers. They're seven games ahead. I think they'll run away with this. I don't know, though. But behind them is Cincinnati Reds, seven games behind. And then it's the Cubs who are below 500 and they're tied with the Cardos who are also obviously below 500.
0: Good year for the Reds, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. They had a pretty good year last year when they, Trevor Bauer. And then the last, but not least, probably the best in the West, National League West, the probably the biggest surprise besides the Red Sox, the San Fran Giants, the best record in baseball, or tied for the best, I guess. Wow. They had, well, they have the best winning percentage, tied for most wins with the Dodgers. We're technically one game behind them because they played a few more and they've lost two extra games. Then it's the Padres with 55 wins. And then it drops off to the Rockies. And the poor Diamondbacks, only 27 wins.
0: 68 losses.
1: Least run scored. Nope, just kidding. Pirates had the least run scored.
0: Are we back to two wild card teams now this year? Yeah. So are the Padres in the playoffs at this point? The Padres or yes. And then in the American League, who would be the two wild card teams?
1: It would be uh, Tampa Bay and Oakland.
0: Okay. How far back is Toronto from Oakland? Because Toronto and the Yankees would be pretty close, huh?
1: Uh, Yeah. Toronto is five wins behind Oakland. Actually, five games. They're five games because they have, have... Wait. Five wins. They both have 42 losses right now. But Oakland has 53 wins. To Toronto, it's 48. Okay. Okay. Yes.
0: So no, we'll <laughs> we'll keep you updated as it heats up, huh?
1: Uh-huh. The two wildcard teams in the National League right now will be the Dodgers and Padres. That's not fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Three of the four teams in the NL. Uh, what would it be? The NL semifinals is going to be from the NLS. Uh-huh. It's going to be like Stroh's Dodgers. Giants, Padres. <laughs> that's that's the divisional round, right?
1: The Astros are in American League.
0: Oh shoot! Ah, I just <laughs> want to see the Stros play the who's in the, who's the other one in the NL? That's really good. Not the Mets, Central Brewers. Brewers. It's gonna be Brewers, yeah. It's gonna be Brewers versus Dodgers, and then it's gonna be San Fran versus San Diego. Well. They do a play
1: in wild card game, though. Oh, well, that's it's stupid. a one game play in. So it'd be the two wild cards. Scratch games.
0: all of Dan's theories, not who <laughs> Danny, right now.
1: That's why I said the Dodgers and Ponders do the playing game, I think.
0: Oh, that's not fair.
1: Yeah, because every division winners automatically, in. unless they change the rules. I don't think they did.
0: What should be the case is that the Brewers and the. Mets are like the play in game.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Mets have 48 wins. That's that would put them in fourth place in the West.
0: And then if the Brewers win, they all get to play in Los Angeles. Sure. All four teams base it off uh, at once. Combine at once. four diamonds. <laughs> yes. Super baseball. Throw them all out there with bats and balls and last man standing wins. you <laughs> still still lost. <laughs> Cage match. Cage. Yes. All right. (laughs) Sorry to take us off topic there, but we end the segment how we started normally, right? Uh
1: Yeah, we started pretty weird.
0: (laughs) Pretty weird. We ended it pretty weird. (laughs) We're going to be back. More Olympic themed games next. On the mix. Here it is, man.
1: Welcome back to game time on the Fishing Chip Podcast. We are doing what we've done twice now, continuing our Olympics quiz from usefultrivia.com. But this time, I will be continuing on by ins- asking Dan all these questions.
0: We need a team score to get higher, so he wants me to answer him.
1: Uh, after my poor performance on Friday <laughs> of 2 out of 10.
0: Do you remember what you had the first time? I feel like it was five or six. I think that time it was pretty decent. Maybe seven. I know uh, it was over fifty percent. Yeah, first time six or seven, maybe. All right, you ready for this? So I got to get about eight to get over fifty percent <laughs>
1: total for the total. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, let's but, do it. This is gonna get. It's probably gonna get harder and harder as the quiz goes on. So
1: yeah, some of these are really weird, like more right. random. Let's do it. All right, number. One slash twenty-one. Who organized the opening ceremonies for the nineteen sixty Winter Olympics? Richard Nixon, Walt Disney, Vince Lombardi, or Orson Welles?
0: I'm gonna go with D, Chip, because that's the only one that I think would make any sense. Because I don't know him.
1: I think he's an author.
0: Let's see. Incorrect. I'll go with the first one then. Richard Nixon. Yeah, it wasn't in the United States, was it? Vince Lombardi. Is that your answer? I suppose that... Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I just. I honestly, I didn't know.
1: You're supposed to pick the right answer first, not say it for last.
0: You don't tell me what to do, Chip.
1: Okay. Walt Disney, the chairman of the pa- pageantry committee responsible for producing both the open and closed ceremonies where was it Uh, doesn't say oh. <laughs> all right they had five thousand entertainers they released two thousand pigeons and a military gun salute of eight shots all
0: right all right you can only get one more wrong uh-huh
1: <laughs> what organization serves as the governing body for the Olympics I O C O I C C I O -O
0: and i'm sure none of these words are going to be given to me right
1: no it's just three letters
0: can can you say them again so i can write them down
1: i-o-c it's basically the same three letters just in different orders i know i-o-c-o-i-c I think there's a line for Pocahontas or Tarzan. C O I and O C I.
0: The ones that make the most sense are the ones that end in C because that would be committee. And I would think mm-hmm. it's like International Olympic Committee or Olympic. And I'm going to go with I O C International Olympic Cl- Cl- Committee. I O C. Club Chlamydia. Cl- Cl- <laughs>
1: ding ding you got right it right there baby the international olympic committee even got the name
0: heck yeah i wouldn't have not i would not have had a clue if i didn't write them down so i'm like i need to see these letters and try to form words
1: <laughs> number three actor johnny weissmuller won five gold medals in what sport gymnastics swimming archery or boxing
0: Okay, I was really torn between gymnastics and swimming. So I'm glad that both of them are an option. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't narrow it down. That's what my first two things came to mind. Um, uh, He was was an actor? I guess so. I want to go with gymnastics. Gymnastics? Even though it's probably archery.
1: It's not Gymnastics. (laughs)
0: Okay. Um, archery or what else? Boxing or swimming. Would he have a face for acting after boxing? <laughs>
1: That's a good point.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with archery. Boxing. Okay. Swimming. Yeah, so Should it was one of the first, two, the two, first two. Yeah, yeah.
1: Weird. He, I mentioned Tarzan. He was best known for playing Tarzan in films in the 30s and 40s. He also won a bronze medal for water polo. Wow. So it must be a good swimmer. How old, number four, how old was the youngest Olympic champion? 13, 7, 11, or 9?
0: Wow, that is really young. Um, I'm just trying to think what you can win at that age out of everybody in the world maybe gymnastics oh, Maybe I thought di-
1: they had a rule now you had to be like 16 or something.
0: maybe diving um, you don't think it's track 100 meters I don't think their legs <laughs> the, the, the legs probably move faster but just not as far you know, track. Right. I wanted to say I was kind of thinking of the 13-14 range right away but now that that's the highest number available I don't think that's right so I'm going to go 11 11! Thirteen was my original guess. Thirteen? Seven.
1: Seven, correct. The youngest Olympian ever was a seven-year-old French boy who was a last-minute recruit to the Dutch team that won the... Coex? Coex? Pairs roaming race.
0: What? Okay, I get it now. He's on a team where he didn't have to do anything. Yeah, but a pair.
1: So... Payers rowing, two people rowing. This teammate must have been shredded.
0: Or did he even participate? Like he did? It say it was an alternate. He was a, a replacement, right?
1: That was a last minute recruit.
0: Oh god! <coughs> so I don't know. So it was probably this guy's kid or like nephew or something. And he's like, oh my guy's like throwing up in the bathroom. I need you. Throws him in the yeah, boat and goes and wins. With me. <laughs> Here, I'll do all the work.
1: Boom. <laughs> probably
0: not looking good for us there chippy boy no
1: it's not all right this next one lots of numbers which of the following olympic games were canceled there's three for each so is it 1908 1948 and 1974 it's option one option two is 1896 1904 and 1952 option three is 1928 1956 and 1960, and lastly, option four is 1916, 1940, and 1944. Which ones? Which of those or which group of three or the Olympic Games were canceled?
0: I'm gonna go with D because that was World War One and World War Two. Correct. Also, fun fact: well, I guess 2020 wasn't canceled; it was postponed. Yeah. So. But it was the first time that it had been moved or canceled for the year that it was supposed to be on since World War II, which was the 40 and 44 Summer Olympics and the 42 Winter Olympics were all canceled.
1: Because
0: World War II was from 1939 to 1944, Mm -hmm. 45. Brilliant.
1: Who founded the IOC, International Olympic Committee? Was it E.G. Ravenstein? ...Ravenstein? Ravenstein? I don't know. Pierre de... ...Kuberton. Coubertin, Coubertin, Charles Mellie. Or John Hewley. Holly? Hewley? Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: names, man. Me
0: and names. I like, I like the name Pierre, so I'm gonna go with that. Pierre de... Coubertin. <laughs> 50% right now. Uh,
1: he founded it in 1894. All right, number seven. Who was the first Olympic champion of the modern Olympic Games? Alfred Hajos. H A J O S. H-A-J-O's, Hajos. Hajos. I don't know. Lanceton Elliott. James B. Connolly. Or Carl Schumann. Schumann.
0: When would the uh, modern era, I guess, have
1: well, begun? in the previous question and the answer, it says this dude founded the committee in 1894, leading to the first modern games in Athens in
0: 1896. Gotcha. Okay, then I'm gonna go with. Uh, you want to read them all over me again, there, Chip? I'm just kidding. Uh, I can. <laughs> No, I'm going to go with the second one. That was the one that hit me. Right Lanchton
1: so. Elliot.
0: Nope. I just feel like the other two names at the end were too, just like too modern for mm. what would have been. So I'm going to go with number one.
1: Alfred Ha Hodge.
0: Nope. All right, then give me John Hawley.
1: That was... That was, in the last, oh, that, was, <laughs> that was in the last group. The other, uh, oh. that, that was oh, in the number yeah. six.
0: What are the last two?
1: James B. Connolly and Carl Schumann.
0: I'm going to go Connolly. That one rings a bell for some reason. That's
1: correct. <laughs> United States. Right. He won the hop, step, and jump. First ever event in 1896.
0: Hop, step, jump. Is that the triple jump, basically? Must be. Hop, skip it. And jump.
1: Perhaps he ended it. All right, number eight. What sport made its Olympic debut during the 1920 Summer Olympics? Was it ice hockey, baseball, tennis, or figure skating?
0: Hockey at the Summer Olympics. Uh-huh. Really? Uh and then ice skating probably out too. So baseball or what? Tennis. In nineteen twenty, I'm gonna go with baseball. Tennis? Nope. If you're telling me that hockey was formed in the nineteen twenty Summer Olympics first, not winter, I'm gonna get up and leave. <laughs> well, is that your answer? Yeah. That's
1: correct. The 1920 Summer Olympics featured a week of winter sports. (laughs) Why? With figures appearing for the first time since the 1908 Olympics and the ice hockey making its debut.
0: I get it now because 1916 was cancelled.
1: Good call. Wait, that would have been summer though too.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs)
1: Maybe it was in a cold place. It must have Maybe been. it was
0: in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: I don't know. I'll find... But August. then
0: what did they do for track running? Was it 30 degrees know. outside? <laughs>
1: 1920 Summer Olympics. Where were you? Belgium.
0: That would uh, have been pretty warm.
1: In August. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Weird.
0: All right. Next question. Let's get Number it over.
1: Nine. Who was the first Olympic... Who was the first athlete to take... Take the Olympic oath. Victor Boyne. Gilherm Parents. Parent parents? I don't know. Nido Nadi or Pavo Nermi.
0: I wanna go with the second one since you couldn't pronounce it right. I'm gonna go with that's the right answer.
1: Girom parents.
0: <laughs> I wanna go with Pablo then? Avo? Paavo? It's P-A-A-V-O. I'm going to go with Paavo. Paavo. Nope. Nidonati or Victor Boyne? Nidonati. Nope. Victor. Victor Boyne, 1920.
1: Victor. Belgian fencer. Wow. All right, last question. Let's see how many have you been keeping track of what you've done?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm three and six right
1: now. Uh, well for 40%.
0: <laughs> Better than you last. last uh-huh, week.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> what year was the Olympic flag first flown? 776 BC, 1896, 1920, or
0: 1962. What was the second one? 1896. I'm going to go with 1896, since that was relatively close to when the modern era and the
1: Olympic Committee were oh, yes. formed. That's incorrect. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Seven, 700 and whatever.
1: That seemed logical. 776 BC?
0: Yep. No. 1920.
1: Correct. It was created by our boy, Pierre de Coubertin. Nice. The flag was first flown during 1920. Oh, it is.
0: All right. good okay. job
1: these are tough questions i hope you're hope all learning uh, stuff about the yeah.
0: Olympics. you're gonna be able to go to your little olympic get-togethers and be like hey do you know this and people are gonna be like how well, the hell do you know that so listen podcast. to the fish chip
1: podcast dude just answer pierre de Coubertin,
0: and then be like hey what's the fish and chip podcast and you'd be like hey check them out they're on twitter at fish and chip pod as well as spotify anchor podcast google machine amazon most places you get your podcast duh yeah look at that plug that is a professional plug
1: yeah and then you can be like tweet at them at fish and chip podcast on twitter
0: exactly and then you can be like they thank you every day for listening stay sweet america
1: yeah stay sweet and
0: then stay sweet universe stay sweet stay sweet stay stay (laughs) sweet squids on mars (laughs)